Carbonly Conversation. Quick question. Is this the podcast? Are we doing the podcast right now? Hello, everyone. Shane here. Welcome to a special episode of Carbonly Conversations. Um, today, we're, we're going to un- unpack two distinct approaches to improve American recycling rates and actually getting the right item in the right waste stream, because we know that can be a little confusing sometimes. Um, and we'll split the conversation into two streams ourselves. Bada bing. Before, bada bing. <laughs> before we dig into it, we want to remind our listeners that we are a podcast where friends examine the intersection of community, lifestyles, and consumption in our lives. Um, we've created this in the hope to share our stories and curiosity to motivate actions that lessen our carbon footprints. And we want to use our platform to create a space for listeners, community members to share their carbonly journeys as well. Um, and please never forget, whether you're a first-timer, carbonly deep diver, just one of our loyal fans, We've made it easy to listen to us on your favorite podcast app and also watch our episodes on video via YouTube. Literally, all you need to do is scroll down, show note, click on show notes or find show notes and click on find and join the conversation. Um, There you'll be able to explore all of our conversations and catch our future episodes, uh, which we release every Wednesday and listen to that on your favorite podcast app. So also we are we are kind of rocking the social medias right now. Um so please support, find and follow us on Instagram, TikTok, X, YouTube, whichever one of those apps that you frequently use. Give us a little shout out, follow us, share with friends and family. We we really really appreciate that. And let's get today's let's get today's carbonly conversation going. What what do we have on the docket, Chad? Well, pal, um, for me, I think for you, for many of us, we're in reflection mode post Halloween, plus maybe like a little guiltiness of all that candy. How do we recycle it? Did I eat too much? Um, I don't know about you, but I did avoid the clearance candy shelves Same. at my local CVS and Target. I really wanted to go in there, but I didn't. Um, so big wins there. But in this yep. reflection mode, um, and then thinking through prior conversations we've had about how to have a carbon light life during the holidays, which, I mean, we've explored extensively with, you know, from the, the additional things that are created that go in the waste stream, to all that extra food waste, to that traveling, like there's just a a big impact on the environment for us to have a great time with friends and family or not so great time with friends or family, depending on your holiday disposition. Um, but all that thinking and reflection routed us back to the reduce, reuse and recycle mantra, um, which we pretty much disguise conveniently and, and confidently as carbon like conversations. Um, and we narrowed down cause we wanted to have two conversations here about recycling there was a couple updates that hit our radar here in the last month and for those that have known we've talked about different ways about robots and local waste stream projects and just how hard it is to get recycling right i think we all learned a lot when we talked about all what do those numbers on the plastics actually mean so 
with all that being said, in my my rambling recycling intro, we have two topics. <clears throat> One we're going to cover in topic A, and then we'll create another episode and create um, for topic B. But topic A for today is who should bear the brunt of solving our recycling problems? The consumers or producers? Like, should we make it easier for us to know how to recycle? Should the producers just be making all their stuff out of recyclable components in the first place? Um, big existential capitalistic questions there. And then topic B, <clears throat> tech and robots. Well, they use AI and sensors to, quote, get smart, sorting all of our waste appropriately. So we just don't have to. Like, is that another, like, solution? Um, my gut tells me after these two episodes, we'll probably think a little bit of both. But now that we've yeah. set this carbon lake table, Shane, I do have one question for you. Is there anything in the last week, maybe post-Halloween, that you learned or thought or did to be more carbon lake? Yeah. Yeah, you... um you actually inspired me. You sent you sent me some pictures of a local pumpkin smash yeah. thing going on in your neighborhood where people could bring their Halloween pumpkins that, you know, instead of throwing them out in the trash um, and kind of polluting the, the landfill, um, it, it seems like there was a space on that was created where people could bring it and literally there was some tarps set up and people could have a little bit of fun, you know, actually, instead of just mm -hmm. turning it in, you know, smashing the pumpkin, there was some kids having fun um, from the pictures you sent. Um, so that really was inspiring um, to where I would like to, to copycat that next year and kind of do that here in my neighborhood with Franklinton farms. Um, I think it'll be a perfect, perfect event, especially with all the little kids that we have in the area. Yeah, like that's literally when we walked by. We walked by it once in the morning when it was getting set up, and they had that whole area and all the the compost bins ready. And they actually collected all the pumpkins from the park. That there was like a pumpkin Halloween fest on Hall mm. um, for the kids to carve. There's some cool carvings there. Um, but then, yeah, when we came back later after the gym class, like all the kids are out there smashing pumpkins and jumping around, and there's just piles of it. But it, one thing distinctly sticks out. So I remember in our our spooky sustainability, spooky mm -hmm. Halloween carbonly episode last week, we you you specifically called out, "Don't paint your pumpkins, don't decorate yeah. them with like all this chemicals." And there on the table, next to all the pumpkin smashing, was like two or three pumpkins that were all painted and and like you know just fancied up to, yeah. to, for Halloween that weren't part of the, the, the gymboree of, of smashing. Um, so good call out there shade. Yeah. I mean, that that's awesome. Like, so speaking about waste and sorting out waste, you want to introduce topic a. Yeah. <clears throat> so I kind of like introduced topic a as like this capitalistic control over who's actually responsible for recycling. And you and I've, covered this in the past. Um, the EPA is very clear on their data. Americans consistently recycle about 32% of the waste mm -hmm. stream. I mean, that may vary from year to year, but not by much. And that's been like that for 20, 30 years. And when you start to unpack these numbers, which we've done in the past, and I'll add a link in our useful resources, is that most of the things that get recycled that keep us at that 30, 32%, it's like paper, 
cardboard. That's yeah. easy. Most places have that already as a stream to be collected. And it's a lot easier to actually manage that. And then it's like metal cans, aluminum cans, because they have value. Um, those, I think, aluminum cans are just aluminum products. Like 90-some percent of everything gets like in the way the recycle stream. And then glass, I think, has a higher impact or higher like rate of recycling. But it's plastics and all those dozenies of plastic. I think yep. in this article, we're going to quote a bunch. Axios said about 6% plastic reliably get recycled. So knowing that Americans are stubborn and kind of are in their ways, how do you start to impact that? And, you know, one approach that multiple outlets have reported on, there's like nonprofits built around, you know, this design is companies should be responsible for the things they produce getting to the right recyclable or compost or reusable stream then we've highlighted different um like and regenerative business practices in our our episode there we talked a lot about different ways businesses can do that mm -hmm. and have been doing that um but when you just think about all this consumption you know like we go to the grocery store and there's like how many yogurt containers and butter containers and milk cartons are there which ones are recyclable which ones aren't um and we know consumers are about 32% likely to do it. And if producers are just continuously producing this stuff, like we could argue all day over who should do it yeah. and who should be responsible for it. But in the end, like my back to the basics economics class tells me like when you think about, I'm thinking also with simplicity and knowledge and information is power. So if we made it a lot easier for consumers, um, yeah. I think that's a, a good addition, and that's where I think we'll dive in here, is that um, Axios reported out this interesting article in the last couple of weeks that QR codes with hyper-local recycling instructions, which I think is key, hyper-local, um, mm -hmm. will soon show up on your milk cartons, ice cream, tubs, and more, meaning you'll be able to scan an item, type in your zip code, and see if it's eligible to go in the blue recycling bin. And the problem that I think they're really trying to solve for is just because a product says it's recyclable doesn't necessarily mean it's recyclable where you live. Right. Um, which was like quoted by someone who's the director of the Consumer Brand Association's Smart Label Program, which is what the Axios article really dives into is this nonprofit called Smart Label that's building brand partnerships with. Well, we'll get to um here in a little bit, but like with multiple products that make sure the QR code just goes on whatever it is that you're trying to, whatever you buy. And then you can just scan it quickly and know if it, if your waste stream refuse provider can actually do it. So what that, that's a lot to unpack Shane, but like, what's your take on that? How is that making you feel? So, I mean, I think it's I, when it goes, going back to the question of like, whose responsibility is it? Um, definitely. I would say the brands, these these brands, it's they have more responsibility because they're the ones making the product. They're the ones deciding: do we use glass? Do we use plastic packaging? You know, things like that. Um, and then it also there's also responsibility on the consumer. Like if you've if you've listened to you know any of our episodes, there's always options out there. I think that especially yeah. in America, we're so stuck in our ways of like what brands we buy and things like that. Um, but 
you know, our buying, our buying power, the, the power of the dollar speaks louder than anything. And if, if you truly aren't, if you're trying to be more carbonly and a specific brand that you support just refuses to use better materials or give, you know, better options when it comes to being able to recycle their products, then there's products out there that you can support, you know, it's just mm. taking the time. So it's taking, having the taking the due diligence as a consumer to be like, okay, I don't like this anymore. What's the alternative to it? What else can I support that aligns with my carbonly journey? You know, totally. um, but I, I do, it, it is interesting, especially, you know, they speak about like clothing retailers, like, I think that that's, I think using the QR codes is, would definitely be a really positive change. Um, a, because it will help people take care of the clothes better to where they last longer. Mm -hmm. People want to wear them longer. Cause that, I mean, that right there is like the, when it comes to clothing, it's not like you can just throw your, a t your old t-shirt into the recycling bin. So the way to be more carbonly when it comes to clothing is wearing it more, you know, keeping it longer. Um, so I think yeah. that that would help because I think we've all had that experience where we're like, we go to look at the tag, like, oh, how should I, how should I wash this or, or what, or whatnot. And the tag is just faded away to where you can't read anything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that that would be an interesting um, addition to, to some of the clothing brands. Yeah. Um, and they like the, so I've done, you know, I took that article from Axios, dug into the smart label, the recycling partnership. Um, there's just a lot of different like nonprofits around this, supporting this yeah. happen, uh, supporting this to happen. And just like a, a quick list of brands that are already participating is like Unilever, Unilever, um, yeah. which makes like most of the, like a third of the things you see in your Target or CVS or Walgreens, yep. um, Horizon Organic is on the list as mm -hmm. an early adopter. General Mills, I mean, like Pillsbury, Checks, Betty Crocker, like there's a lot of General Mills. Um, but if you go specifically to the homepage, Smart Label, Smart Label homepage, they say yep. that 102,000 individual products and over 1,010 brands use are starting to use QR codes and they actually have this quick search brand retail brand that has all thousand of them, I guess, listed. So, um, mostly it looks like food, but like pick a brand. What's something that if you're at Kroger's, you would be buying in the snack aisle. Yeah. So I was actually, when, when we were prepping for this episode, I typed in Pepsi, um, okay. Because, yeah, I, I enjoy a nice ice cold Pepsi from time to time. Oh, there and, it is. I mean, it literally lists every option you can think of when it comes to the bottling of Pepsi. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, which, I mean, it does put the onus back on us to yeah. go and find out more. But at least, those to your point, those QR codes will be there, especially on the plastic products, making it simpler. Yeah easier um and what you mentioned also is like them so eventually i guess the goal of that is to like you said you can type in your zip code and it's hyper local to where it's like oh okay you live in columbus ohio 
this is where you can, you know, this is, you can't, yes, you can recycle this. Or if it's a novelty product, maybe it'll give some options of like, you can take it to this place to, to have it recycled, you know? Yeah. yeah, And I think that kind of leads us into like the next section of this conversation is like, so maybe there isn't a, a QR code on your product and you actually don't really know because you never looked like, how yeah. do you find out? Right. If you're like, I want to be more carbon lane. I want to make sure I'm recycling the things that I can recycle in my, in my refuse waste stream. It's like, how, how, how do you just go take that hour, 30 minutes to do a little bit more digging about your own shopping habits, or even more importantly, what is your municipality or your private, um, garbage collecting, recycling collecting company is doing, right? Mm -hmm. And we did a little bit, you know, digging into that and we'll list these websites, but there's three websites called, one's called Recycle Sect. Oh my God, Recycle Sect. <laughs> that'd be that'd be a cult based on recycling, I think. Um, RecycleCheck.org. And I like that website a lot because it, I got this really cute mascot, Birdie, I think. It's like, hello, recycler, so glad you're here. Um, simple. They use AI chat GPT to like, you can start asking a question and I'll start helping you. Um, there's they're connect they're They're connected to the smart label and other products. Um, but it, their Instagram page is kind of fun. So if you, they have a lot of some of these carbon like tips that we've been having or been sharing around benefits, recycling, um, how to recycle and green blue are another two. Um, and those are really just good places like upskill your own carbon lane knowledge on recycling. Yep. I think the simplest way for anyone listening to our podcast to find out, oh my God, where does my actually my garbage go? How do they recycle it? What has been recycled? Just pull up your app, pull up your website, call it, like because it's designed. Yep. So we just dial 311 and ask the question. Because 311 will point you in that direction to who and what, because all the waste services are connected there. And then yep. all of a sudden you'll find out, like we've talked about what Swaco, like, I don't know, dozens of times. Yep. That's Shane's, Franklinton County, um, municipality, like waste stream, sorter, collector, refuse, um, get rid of her provider, like yep. just, you know, the garbage collectors, recycling collectors. So I think if there's a, nothing you take from this episode today, Carbon Light listeners, other than QR codes are showing up on your products, scan them, find out how and if they recycle, and B three one one if you don't three one one best friend. That's one of my It'll best get you friends. Going. Yeah, I, I know you're. I literally, a I literally just in the past week, I could have said that in my Carmely this week, but just in the past week, I've had them come up and come out and pick up two piles of. Just random trash that people left in the alley, tires, someone dumped like a dozen tires in the alley. Just, yeah. And they could have called 311. They had to go there to dump them. Exactly. They could have went to where the yep. tires could have been collected. Yep. 311, listeners. 311. Yep. yep. Awesome. Well, I feel like that's a good, good place to end. Topic A, you know, yep. who's responsible for this? Um, and then, like, just... Just commit those 30 minutes to learning a little bit more, get That's smarter, it. get that QR scanned. Or just listen to us. Listen, listen to our to episodes. Us. We'll, we'll help you along the way. Yep, Shane. Um, well, how about we take like a, a well-needed break and come back and talk about topic B. Um, can robots make better recyclers than us? Maybe we shouldn't worry about any of this. 
True. <laughs> well, and that's see you next time. Have a, see you next time. Have a great carbon lay week. <laughs>